Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Today, Pastor J.D. shares some research he's done over the past months regarding mask wearing, social distancing, and hand washing. In particular, he believes masks have been mandated by the enemy to cover our true identity as made in God's image. Don't lose your identity under your mask. You are a child of God. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on October 11th, 2020. Lots to get to today, so we're just going to get right to it. For today's update, I want to share with you what I found in my research. This research was over a period of about two months, pretty extensive, and it's concerning the COVID restrictions, namely that of mask wearing, social distancing, and hand washing having to do with initiation rituals. Uh, Sort of intense, I should probably warn you ahead of time. Uh, Please know that I in no way want to be derogatory towards those who wear masks. I do so myself whenever I go out, which isn't very often because I, I really do not get out that much, especially now. But when I do, I do wear a mask, even though I have asthma, and I can't wear it for very long, because if I do, then I'm in upper respiratory distress after maybe about 10 minutes. But I do wear a mask, and here's why. First of all, I don't want to give anyone a hard time. They're already having a hard time. And I feel so sorry for those that have to wear a mask all day, maybe a few breaks in between, and but an eight-hour day they have to wear that mask. And why do I want to give them a hard time? And if I did give them a hard time, how is it then possible for me to move them closer to Jesus? So I use the mask, and actually I, I draw attention to it. I have some fun with it. Um, first of all, have you noticed that you can't really smile at someone? I mean, you really have to over-exaggerate it with the eyes, nor can they smell your breath. I've saved a lot of money on breath mints, but I'll sometimes ask them, hey, how are you doing with all of this? And almost invariably, without exception, they will respond in kind like, wow, you 
you really, man, you're not like the last customer that I just had in my line. Man, they gave me a hard time. <laughs> like I need that. And so sometimes I'll even, because I'm in a, a line, not seated at a restaurant, which I, I don't do anymore, but because I'm in a line, there's people behind me, I'll say something to this effect. In fact, just this last week, it was so powerful and had such an impact on this one individual. I mean, I almost saw her cry. I mean, tears welled up in her eyes. And all I did was this. I just said, you know, I'm going to pray for you that you have a blessed rest of the day. It changed everything. So that's why I wear a mask, because I want to move everyone every day closer to Jesus while we still have time, and there's not much time left. For those who may ask why I'm even talking about something like this, or why I'm talking about this now, it's because it's incumbent upon me to steady and ready everyone for what's coming. And it's coming. Actually, it's what's coming that points to who's coming, and who's coming is Jesus. And the imminent rapture of the church. Let me say it this way. As I see everything that's happening, it points to what's coming, and the quickness, for lack of a better word, the nearness, if you prefer, to the Lord's return in the rapture of the church. Here's an illustration. These initiation rituals are like a street sign. They point you to your destination and the distance to your destination. However, while the distance to the final destination is the same, the destination itself is not, such that one will be saved and one will be lost. You know, if you think about it, everyone can be in either one of those two categories. They're either saved or they're lost. And isn't it true, if you don't use the signs to point you in the right direction, you can get lost. And that's what I see happening here. The signs are all around. And the lost, they're destined for the seven-year tribulation, that's their destination, and eternal damnation. But for the saved, the destination is the seven-year celebration and eternal salvation. It's my hope and my prayer, and I spent a considerable amount of time seeking the Lord concerning this for what I think would be deemed obvious reasons. And my petition, as I petitioned the throne, was that today I can in some way point you to the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus the Christ. Because as quickly and as fast 
as everything is moving and the direction in which everything is heading, it says one thing, Jesus is at the door. If this is happening and this is close, then it means that Jesus is closer. Because the rapture happens before all of this that we're going to talk about today happens. We're actually going to start with masks, but also look at quarantine, social distancing, and hand washing. And the reason being is that they all have the purpose of breaking down the masses by altering daily lives and routines. And this is accomplished using a three-pronged approach of isolation, transformation, and reformation. And those initiated are taken out of what was once normal, that's gone, and resetting, remolding, reimagining, and rebooting into a new normal. Actually, this new normal is the new world order out of chaos under the Antichrist. Let's get started with face masks. Face masks are a symbol of slavery, silence, subservience, and submission. In Islam, the women have their face and even their heads covered for this very reason. The Muslim woman is to be silent. She dare not speak. She is in submission to the man who is basically seen as her master. I know this is foreign to us in America, but it's the reality in the Middle East. I'll never forget 1997. My wife and I went to Jordan and Egypt. This was BC, not before Christ, before children, when we could. <laughs> and we're there in the airport. We're uh, getting ready to fly back to Jordan from Egypt. And we're sitting there in the waiting area for the flight. And here are all of these Muslim women covered from head to toe. And I mean covered in black. Everything's covered. Even their eyes are covered with a mesh, but everything's covered. Here are these beautiful Egyptian women made in the image of God, and they're all covered up, and they dare not speak. All they could do was stare, and stare they did. <laughs> they were just staring at us, and we're like, you know, trying not to look, and it was so demonic. That's not hyperbole. It was so satanic and dark and black, and you could just feel it. It was palpable. And they're just staring at us. And I felt so bad for them. But because 
I know the culture in the Middle East, and certainly I am well aware of what Islam is all about. I understood it, but I felt so bad for them. You could not make out their identity. We'll talk about that more in a moment. They're made in the image of God, and it's completely masked and covered and darkened. I want to show you another photo. It's of slaves being muzzled and silenced, along with current photos of people wearing face coverings. Whether one realizes it or not, a face covering dramatically, even subconsciously, changes the way one behaves and acts, which is why in theater the actors would wear masks. That's the association. According to Britannica, and I quote, the person who wears the mask is also considered to be in direct association with the mask's spirit force. In some respects, he plays the role of an actor in cooperation or collaboration with the mask. Covered by the mask and costume, the performer loses his previous identity and assumes a new one. Upon donning the mask, the wearer sometimes undergoes a psychic change and is in a trance, assumes the spirit character depicted by the mask. Usually, however, the wearer skillfully becomes a partner of the character he is impersonating, giving to the mask not only an important spark of vitality by the light flashing from his own eyes, but also bringing it alive by his movements and poses. But often, the wearer seems to become psychologically one with the character he is helping to create. He seems to become an automation without his own will, which has become subservient to that of the personage of the mask. On the Britannica page titled, The Functions and Forms of Masks, they say, and I quote, Many masks are primarily associated with ceremonies that have religious and social significance, or are concerned with funerary customs, fertility rites, or the curing of sickness. Other masks are used on festive occasions, think Mardi Gras, or to portray characters in a dramatic performance and in reenactments of mythological events. Pictured here is a photo an online member sent me showing a satanic ritual in a circle 
in which the participants are wearing ceremonial robes and face masks. In my research to vet this for its authenticity, I found a 49-page PDF file titled Satanic Cult Awareness, presented by a Galen W. Hurst, Ph.D., and Robert L. Marsh to the National Criminal Justice Reference Service. It was a presentation for education in an investigation of a homicide, and it was for the purposes of identification of whether or not the victim was participating in a satanic ritual, oftentimes involving human sacrifice. Please don't be so naive. Please don't be naive. So, on page 34, under section number four, it says, and I quote, if the body was dressed in some form of ritual garb, i.e. a ceremonial robe or mask, etc. I think the question that we need to ask and answer is, why are we forced to wear a face mask when it doesn't even protect us from viruses? Again, I wish in no way to disparage anyone who does wear a mask. Again, I wear a mask when I go out. But the fact of the matter is, and this is what we addressed in the mask mandate update on July 26th, masks do not protect you from a virus. Well, wait a minute, Pastor. Uh, Doctors in uh, the operating room wear a mask. Yeah, they do. Do you know why? Because that's a sterile environment. And they wear the mask not to protect them, but to protect the patient on whom they are operating. Perhaps this meme may help to put it into perspective. It shows the masks that are used in specific applications, such as a fire, painting, mining, pesticides, and radioactive exposure. I realize it's somewhat comical, but the fact remains that a face mask will not protect anyone from what we're being told is the deadliest virus in human history. One would be hard-pressed to reach any conclusion other than that of face coverings altering our image as being created in the image of God. Moreover, perhaps more importantly, the mask symbolically and even ceremonially makes us servants of man and not servants of God. I want to draw your attention to the last book in the Bible, the book of Revelation, the first two verses in the last book of the Bible, verses 1 and 2. John is writing, verse 1 says, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show 
His servants, hang on to that, things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant, John. Why do I emphasize this and point this out? Because the word in the original language of the Greek New Testament for servant is doulos. Doulos means bond slave, and it carries with it the idea of a debt slave out of Exodus chapter 21, by the way, who has been freed, choosing to become a lifelong slave to his master of his own volition, by virtue of the nature of his master. In other words, that slave has fulfilled their obligations. Their debt has been paid. They are free. Sound familiar? And then the slave says, well, wait a minute. I love this master. I love my master. My master has been so gracious to me, so generous with me, so loving towards me. I don't want to leave. Can I stay? Yeah. You'll become a bond slave, a doulos, if you choose of your own volition to remain and serve this master. That's what John and Paul, like him and the others with him, are saying. I'm no ordinary slave. I'm not forced against my will to be a slave. No, I choose to be a slave to my master. You see the the difference here? The Antichrist forces against one's will, and you're enslaved. Whereas with Jesus Christ, we are willingly and freely choosing to be His servants as our master. Well, this brings us to social distancing, to which I'll add quarantine, lockdown, and isolation, all of which disenfranchise the body of Christ, rendering her dysfunctional, if you will. And I'll explain. You'll forgive me for the bluntness with which I say this, but This is satanic. It's satanic in the sense that you cut off the head, Jesus, from the body, the church, and if that weren't bad enough, you even dismember the body parts. You dismember them from each other. Dare I say, that the shutting down of churches is yet further evidence of a satanic attack to break apart the body of Christ so as to usher in the Antichrist. The end of the world is going to happen, and it might be closer than we think. There's much happening in the world around us that ties into the predictions made in the Bible. 
With the number of events occurring, though, it can be difficult to keep up with it all. Pastor J.D. Farag has taken it upon himself to help us out with that. Each week, Pastor J.D. takes an in-depth look at what Scripture has to say about the end times and then pairs them with the current events of the week. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are available for free to you through our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. You'll find them as well on our YouTube channel, and we update them each week to give you the latest information. These messages are useful to us to be able to keep Jesus' ultimate kingdom goal at the front of our minds. Jesus came to earth to offer love and forgiveness to each person. He completed his mission when he died on the cross for our sins and then defeated death by rising again. Jesus has charged each one of us who confess to follow him with a simple task. Go into the world and share the good news of his life. As the end draws even closer, we need to adopt a sense of urgency in getting the word out. We hope you will use these Mideast Bible prophecy updates to draw closer to Jesus, allowing Him to speak through you to the world around you. Once again, you'll find these prophecy updates by visiting InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and clicking the link to our YouTube channel. Join us again for Truth from God's Word right here on In Spirit and Truth.